everyone, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, a part of Stroke Focus. Today, we are interviewing Deborah Schlag, and we've interviewed her before a couple of years ago. If you don't remember, she experienced a severe TBI from an auto accident. She knew that she needed to reach out to help others through the process of recovery. She has an award-winning book, Becoming the Healer, The Miracle of Brain Injury, and it's packed full of helpful ideas for those going through medical trauma and those who care for them. She has since moved to North Carolina where she founded Awakenings. Center for Inter-Healing, Inner Healing and a nonprofit healing center, as well as developing healing tools like Pocket Change to help others with a positive change in a fun and easy way. Tell us just a brief history of what happened with you. It wasn't something that I planned on. It planned on me. But I guess I start with accident. I was in a car wreck, and I hit every side of my head except for my face. And I spent four hours in the emergency room, and they sent me home, which was the biggest blessing of my life because I wasn't there. And I'm, I don't do medications well. I've always been that little alternative girl. And because they sent me home, um, I could just kind of deal with what I was going through and call my people instead of depend on people that didn't know me and didn't understand me. And I was told later they would have put me in an induced coma, but really my body took care of that. It put me in its own coma state. (laughs) Um, I slept 22 hours a day for about three and a half months, and then it took me another um, 18 months to get down to 10 hours a day I wanted to help people. I just felt like I needed to do something. And the idea for the book actually was mine for one of the providers that I used. And I went in and I told her, you need to write a book. You need to, you know, tell people. And she just kind of turned around and said, no, sweetheart, that's your job. And I just thought that was so funny. And I went home and I told my husband and I said, what is she thinking about, me writing a book? How would I ever write a book? And who would listen to my book? And then we moved, and when we moved, I found all of these notes that I don't remember writing. They were things that people told me, hey, write that down. It needs to go in your book. I found them on the backs of things, little scribblies here and there. So I started looking at them, and then it was like, hmm, maybe I should write a book. And then when I when I kind of got settled in my new place and started getting connected with new providers, it was like, why aren't you writing a book? You need to write a book. This is the way to do it. And so that's how the book came about. I started working on it, and it it took me a good long time to get it start to finish. And um, very exciting when it finally came out. And I was in the process of the book was when I started feeling like there's more. You need to do more. And um, we bought some land. I thought that we were buying the land to share with our children to get them to move closer to us. And the more we tried to think about our children moving closer to us, the more the answer was no, no, it's not, not for your kids. I don't remember the first time I knew it was 
for a healing center. It, it was a dream or somebody said something that just lit up. And after, as soon as I started thinking of a healing center, every time I needed something, anytime I had a thought of, ooh, I'd really like to have this there, have that there, if I went out to go to the post office or to go pick up something at the store, I would run into somebody and they'd say, here's my card, I just did, just did such and such, or I sell such and such, you need to come check it out, and it would be exactly what I needed. And, um, my sister calls them my Rain Man moments. So everything just started coming to me. And so we started building the, the center, and we'll probably be working on it the rest of our lives. So that's how the center came to be, and then we decided to make it a nonprofit, and so we went through the process of doing that. And, and that was amazing in itself because we were told that usually you have to go through your paperwork two or three times. So you fill out all this boatload of papers and you send them in. You're not allowed to call and ask a question. But if they have a question, they send it back. And if they ask a question that you have to write a response to, it starts your paperwork all over again, which means starts another six-week thing. So we just prayed over this paperwork and said, okay, if you really want this to happen and this is the way it's supposed to be, here you go. And we sent it off with a kiss and a prayer. And instead of coming back with questions, it actually came back earlier than six weeks approved. And so that was a huge sign we felt to do it that way. And and then the pocket change. I think I shared pocket change with you even. And that was because I use a lot of affirmation statements. I love them. I think they're very helpful. They kind of help retrain your brain and get you in a positive place. But for a lot of people, having a whole sentence to remember is more than they can do. So I thought I needed something one word, something easy, something where they can remember you know or or be guided you know by an external cue i spent probably a good year just researching it what was the best tool to how to get it into production and all of that and came up with pocket change and they're they're little cards and they say i am on one side and on the other side they have one word and there are 90 different words thought behind it is whatever you say after I am you draw near to you so it's sort of like when you get up one day and you go oh I'm so tired and everybody who comes by you go oh I'm so tired and the more you say it the tireder you get all through the day because you're drawing that tiredness to you but if you say I am supported I am loved I am favored I am motivated um, the more you say those things, you draw them to you. So you can reach in the box and pick something randomly, which will be exactly what you need at that time. Or if there's something you know that you need to work on, like maybe you have been struggling with fear, then you would pick a word like peaceful or peacefulness, and you would draw the word I am peaceful out. And you could either put it in your pocket, or they have a little hole, so you could put it on a keychain. And you can change these words daily. You can change them weekly, monthly, whatever you want to do, or carry two or three at a time. But when you fill it in your pocket or see it on your keychain, just for your brain to say, I am 
peaceful. To, it kind of retrains and, and makes it an easy way, makes it a fun way. I like to play. I like because I, I think that if you make things fun for people, they'll do it. When have you ever gone to a therapist and they said, go home and do this exercise till you nearly die? Are you going to do it now? Huh? Yeah. yeah. So we have to find fun ways for people to want to do what they need to do to get their stuff in a right frame of mind and to help them go forward. So this is something that you and I had talked about kind of the other day with making our lives maybe more peaceful or organized, being able to not have the clutter in our brain, in our home, in our Mm -hmm. things, so that we could be more productive and be happier. So this is perfect because that's part of it. I know for me, part of it has always been waking up. So those little cards also are just gentle reminders of different things that are positive. The energy you surround yourself with is huge because you can't move forward if you're looking backward or if you're surrounded with stuff that makes you feel bad. When this happened for me... I wasn't able to, nor was there around, a support group for me to go to. I didn't even know I existed. And then after I moved, which was several years later, several years after I moved, somebody said, well, you you would maybe enjoy going to a support group meeting. So I went. And it was the very first one I went to. And there were probably, I don't know, 25 people or so there. And... Everybody had a notebook. I didn't have a notebook. Nobody told me bring a notebook. So I was still like, oh, I should have a notebook. Um, but what they did is they had everybody introduce themselves as they went around the room. And then, you know, they did the thing sort of like Alcoholics Anonymous. I am a brain injury survivor. And just listening to it, it was like, my name is Ted. I'm a brain injury survivor. It was so, it just drew you down the way they said it. And then they would talk about their book and they passed their book around. Their book was a notebook. And it might have been very helpful to other people, but for me, I could not wait to get out of the room um, because in their book had picture of their wreck of their destroyed car. So every time they looked at it, it just brought all that back to them. And then the other thing that it had was it had different pictures of them in their suffering. And then it would have um, a couple pages that these were like full eight and a half by 11 pages. Like if you open up a notebook, It had medication taped all the way down on two sides, and it would say, this is such and such. I take this twice a day for that. I take this three times a day for that. All the way down, like some of them had two pages of it, and I thought, how do you get better when you're doing that? Because to me, that sounds like a really bad cocktail, and I'd be afraid that it would do more harm than good. And, And I'm sure that some of it is good, and I don't want to be critical of anybody's past, how they're choosing to heal. But for me, 
I didn't see how to go forward when you were constantly looking at the picture and sharing the picture and talking about the picture. I think it's important to share the story in a positive light or with a doctor when they ask, but to repeatedly puts the wrong energy in it. And then if you bring that home with you and you're not changing anything that you're doing to help yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, I don't know how you go forward. And so you have to start where you can. Yeah, absolutely. You hit on something that affects my life. I have never stopped my journey. I don't take that I won't get better brain-wise, physically, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I would, I've been to chiropractors. I've been to a doctor of Eastern medicine. I have tried my own therapies, trying new things, keeping going. Learning uh, new things. Learning new things or, or just experiencing something that's different. Um, and over the eight years since my stroke, I've done miraculously to me, and my energy is better now. And, you know, I think some of it's done by the, it started with the using the doctor of Eastern medicine, uh, you know, and acupuncture and cupping and uh, the different teas that I was drinking uh, to now with this new group that I have joined all holistic remedies, herbs, natural ways of doing things. As I told you, a 50-pound weight loss so far, I'm still losing. I've been working on the physical before, you know, being able to walk better, move my arms better, you know, whatever. But now I'm working on the inside me, Mm -hmm. you would call it. Uh, But I also, like I said, practice the gratitude, find good things in the day. Because if you wake up without acknowledging a a grateful thing, you know, if you get up and you say, oh, my gosh, you know, it's Monday. Ugh, I have to go to work. That's how he's going to go, just like you said, with your little, you know, that, you know, if you don't acknowledge a positive feeling or or the peaceful feeling or the I'm great or or whatever, whichever card you might pick, your day will be like you feel and it won't get any better. Just like you said, going to the support group, which, oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine having to sit through that because it's not, it should be something also fun and not, you know, yeah. So, like, yeah. laugh at yourself, you know, say, oh, this happened last week, and, hey, you guys won't believe what I forgot or, or how yeah. I put this and, and, you know, or what I didn't, you know. And that's fine. Laugh at yourself. But don't, I mean, seriously, I don't even go back to the time of my stroke unless somebody specifically asks me about it. That is kind of depressing if you have to look at the picture of, of how you were a year ago, 10 years ago, whatever, even though you've made the progress and done the work, it's like, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine doing well, that. I think 
a lot of times when you're in the healing process, you don't realize how bad you were. Like, I never realized how bad I was. I mean, I knew, oh, I'm sleeping a lot. I knew that I had the headaches. I knew that things weren't working. I didn't process the whole list. But, but I knew them. I could name them, but I couldn't. It wasn't like I could see me and see what that looked like. When I wrote the book, my husband did a chapter from his perspective. And it wasn't until I read his chapter that it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I had I had no idea in, until I could see what he was seeing, how difficult and hard it, it was. And... You don't want to look at that all the time. You want to look at the the things. And when I was a kid, we used to watch the Jerry Lewis movies. You know, I love Jerry Lewis. And there's one called Disorderly Orderly. And he's pushing, he's, he's the orderly that always trips over everything. But he's taking this lady outside for a walk in the wheelchair. And she's talking to him and she's telling him all about her gallbladder and and how it was oozing and all of this stuff. It's it's really kind of funny and how they had to take it out. And, you know, Jerry Lewis is only Jerry Lewis could be. He's pushing behind her and he's like, "Ah!" and he's making like all of these faces and um, doing this stuff, just trying to keep his composure and he loses control of the wheelchair and she goes rolling down a hill. Um, because he's so grossed out by it, and and we always just laugh. And I used to think, you know what? If I was ever sick, if I was ever had something the matter with me, I would do my best to have something else to talk about, because I can see how very easy it is to get where that's all you talk about, especially. You know, if you had some something where you were out and about and coming and going and doing other things, you would know other things. But if you were in a situation like I was or maybe you were, where like I'm home and I'm sleeping, I'm awake as long as you're talking right to my face or for a couple hours at a time, the only thing I knew was sleeping and going back and forth to the doctor. So... I had to work really hard to have other things to talk about because I didn't want to just talk about me, 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 or this thing is wrong and that thing's wrong with my family. And um, also because I couldn't really hold conversations because I had no short-term memory. So it it would be like I would ask things hundreds of times. Could you tell me that? Well, and, they, and the kids, there would be a point that they, they would do it, but there would be a point where the kids would be like, Mom, you've already asked like 450 times. And so I would tell them, well, just tell me 17 more. And that became like our little joke. That was like their way to understand, hey, this is just as hard for me as it is for you because I can remember that I asked, but I can't remember what the answer was. Right. And so we we kind of came up with like little jokey things to so that everybody can get it and get past it but I tried to like hear things which is really hard to do when you're sleeping 
but I leave the TV on. I'm not a TV person, but I leave the TV on so that anytime I woke up or if I was laying there halfway asleep, I might hear something that I could ask a question about. I didn't care what it was about. It wasn't about me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like my way of, of kind of doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that was huge, huge to get away from connecting to that pain so that you can move forward and start, like you say, tackling it from your mental, your emotional, your physical is huge, and your spiritual. Like, all of them kind of need to come together, and I don't think we can totally heal unless we work on all of them, not just... You know, if you have a doctor that's focused on just your physical, all he sees is the broken. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist, so I don't know. But it's my belief that you have to work on all of them, you know, and the diet is huge. Yeah, you do. And congratulations on your progress. Yeah, thank you. I haven't had a soda since, uh, you know, mid January, I think. And that was huge also. Uh, it wasn't, I, I did the diet soda, so it was the saccharin or, you know. Oh, yeah, and that's even worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you drink soda, <laughs> I will recommend, not a doctor, but I have now seen what it does to you, uh, you know, cut back <laughs> and yeah. you might feel a little bit better. But, um, yeah, so I have been a water drinker since mid-January, which I never thought I would say that I've not had anything else. No hot well, there's, there's lots of things that you can do, too, because I, I know people sometimes say, well, I don't like water or it doesn't have any flavor. So do some infused waters, like um, celery and apple is really good. Just, like, put a slice of celery um, spear down a couple times and drop it in a jug of water and maybe a couple things of apple. That one's really good because it helps hydrate you. It's really good for your skin and it's and people love it. I serve um, infused waters here and they're always like, oh my gosh, what is in this water? It's so good. Um, you can put berries. You can do oranges, lemons, and limes together or separately. You can put strawberries and blueberries in there. Um, you know, you can put basil and blueberries together. There are all kinds of them that you can do that are great mixtures, and every one of them also brings a health benefit with it. Um, the other thing I was going to say is um, when people start making changes, a lot of times it could be overwhelming because they want to do it, and they go out and they buy all of this stuff all at once, or they want to go through the cupboard and throw everything away all at once. And but they don't know how to do it, and it's overwhelming. Cause and I'm sure you found playing with the flowers and things like that, trying to figure out. Well, do I add the same amount of almond flour that I would have added with this, or do I have to add something else with it so that it rises correctly and that type of thing? And I I still mess things up from time to time. But we'll start with one thing, one thing at a time then build on it. So, like, if you decide, okay, I want to get rid of wheat, dairy, and sugar, let's just pick one of them and do it for a little while. When you feel like you're doing it comfortably, add another one. 
Because if you try and do it all at once, you might start feeling deprived, and then you get a resentment, and then you'll do it really good for a long time, and then one day you'll just be like, ah, i got to have it. And some of that also comes from when you get rid of all the sugars and everything, when you go back to eat something that's sweet, oh, my gosh, it's sweet. Your taste buds come more alive when you don't have all of these other things in it. Cucumber water is really good, and it's really um, hydrating if you're outside working in the yard or something like that. I hope everybody has enjoyed this talk. Listen, if we do this again, because we'll expand on this a little bit more, but just also know that neither Deborah nor I are physicians, and you should always go with what your physicians always. feel comfortable with. But these are things, everything that we talk about is always things that we have found uh, have worked for us. If you have questions about Deborah, things that she has done, her wellness, I guess I'd call it center, how can they get a hold of you? Um, they can call me at the center, which is 828-645-9711, or they can email me there, um, either going to Awakening Center NC, like NorthCarolina.com, and just contact me through the contact page, or email me at Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at AwakeningCenterNC.com. I'm really good about returning phone calls and emails 